Previously on the fade route with D and Z. Falcons at Giants. This is, a, this, this is a tough one. I mean, the Falcons have the worst defense in the league. The Giants are awful offensively. Uh, but I, I can't. I, I mean, you got to think if the Giants lose to the Falcons this weekend, their season's over. Fuck! Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and we have a fantastic show planned for you. We are talking. The week that was in the NFL, the week that is to come, the huge return of Tom Brady to New England, a couple of little baseball tidbits, news and notes, but we're going to start particularly in the American League. Nothing is settled yet in terms of the wild card. The Yankees and Red Sox currently hold the top positions for the wild card game held on Tuesday night, but it is by no means sewn up. The Yankees are two games up on the Red Sox, who are are ahead of the Seattle Mariners by only a half game, and the Toronto Blue Jays by one. The Yankees are currently losing to the Blue Jays 5-3 in the top of the seventh inning. Garrett Cole... Well, this is why you pay him the big bucks, right? And he did not look comfortable at all tonight. It was one of those games that was definitely a grind him out struggle that uh, Yankee fans are familiar with. If you are familiar with Roger Clemens, it was very similar right down to the punch drunk look on his face. So we'll see what happens. We'll get our predictions in because... We're not going to be on before the game actually takes place. So it's hard to count out the Mariners right now. The Yankees have a two-game lead, so chances are they're not going to give it up. We could very well see the Mariners sneak into this bad boy. And they may not be able to bear it cold, but it, it would be a great story since the Mariners have not been in the playoffs and here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through the last QB in John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Yeah, well, they, uh, Mariners pretty much uh, eliminated Oakland last night. Uh, yeah, you're 100% right. That would be the huge story, right? It's like Yankees go out and get Rizzo. They go out and, and get uh, the uh, outfielder that hits home runs and they make all these moves and the Red Sox, they go get Schwarber and Mariners, they get rid of their closer and bring in <laughs> Castillo and they make the wild card and they beat Red Sox or the Yankees. How crazy would that be? That's, that's, that's how baseball is so romantic, right? That's, that's how it is. It's all that's leading baseball, up to that. Susan. I mean, <laughs> Red Sox lose to Baltimore last night. Like, come on, man. You gotta, you gotta win all six of those games. Yankees are losing to the Blue Jays right now. It's all setting up for this wild card show. Yeah, it is gonna be. It is definitely going to be a fantastic 
end to the season. And we didn't even mention the fact that the Yankees draw the Rays to close out the season. So the Rays have absolutely nothing to play for. They're clinched. They're good. But if they want to rub a little salt in the wounds and really, you know, fuck the Yankees over, they certainly could, Well, you of know, course they do. They don't want yeah. to play the Yankees. They don't want to play the Yankees. They want to play, they want to play the Mariners. They want to play the Red Sox. Nobody wants to play the Yankees. I mean, as, as much as we talk shit about them and we, we say that, you know, we didn't have them making the playoffs and their team is extremely flawed. Nobody wants to play against them in postseason. Nobody wants to pitch to that lineup. Nobody wants to uh, have to play in the Bronx. I mean, that's that's just everything. That's every year. So um, they won't. You're right. The Rays will have nothing to play for, but they're going to play. They're not going to bench people. They're not going to sit people. They're going to they're going to keep rolling. So gun to your head. Who is in AL wild card? Yeah, I mean, I'm still sticking with my, I'm still sticking with my gut and saying somehow it's going to be Boston, the Yankees. I just, you know, it's hard to bet against those guys. I know Boston played like shit yesterday, and Blue Jays are beating the Yankees right now. It just seems like if you, you got to go with the pedigree. You know, I'm not going to go with the Mariners. I'm not going to go with the Blue Jays, even though I really do like the Blue Jays. Uh, they would, they'll be a problem for somebody too if, if somebody had to play them in a three-game series or seven-game series. But yeah, I'm just going to stick with the usuals, usual suspects. I mean, the bats all play here, and that's what the that's what these four wild card teams are all about. Outside of Chris Sale, maybe Jose Barrios. That's the pitching. Of all these, okay. But of all the, oh, those are the guys that you're gonna throw in that potential card game, right? You're gonna throw your Cole, your Sale, like you're gonna throw your Barrios. Then Seattle's gonna have who? Kikuchi? I don't even think he's. I don't think he's active right now. Justin Dunn, right? Gilbert, who's pitching tonight? Uh, it's just. It seems like a drastic mismatch on the mound but the bats all play man i am rooting for and i there is a possibility that it still could happen that there is a four-way tie throughout this thing to where you kind of force almost like a round robin playoff and i want chaos like i want this thing i want it to almost mimic nba play in tournament right like, I, I want to see that. You're going to see the best of the best as we see Luke Voigt lipping off the field right now. What else is new? Steve Balboni 2.0. But, um, yeah, that would be the most exciting thing in the world, to have a miniature knockout tournament, and then you get into the actual playoff tournament. Like, that would be crazy. And it, it would be the most entertaining thing that we could have out there. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. Speaking of entertainment, the week that was, some fantastic games, a few stinkers, but it it ended very well. You had Sunday night Packers comeback against the Niners, 30-28. to 28, And then you had the absolute beatdown 
from the Dallas Cowboys administering it to the Philadelphia Eagles. But what was the bigger win in your opinion, the Packers or the Cowboys? Oh man, it's easy. It's the Packers comeback, man. I mean, they were there were a lot of people talking about how good the 49ers defense was. And offensively, Jimmy G is almost unbeatable during the regular season. But the 49ers were down at halftime. They came back in the second half. They took the lead at the end of the fourth quarter. But they left Aaron Rodgers with too much time. Aaron showed again how good he is. He might even win another MVP with the way he's been dishing out touchdowns to add, um, to um, Devontae Adams. But, you know, in the Dallas game, Dallas is supposed to win that game. It's their home opener. They're playing an inferior Eagles team. Just Jalen Hurts were still trying to figure out if he's a pro quarterback. And he equated the loss to a deuce he dropped in the toilet bowl. So, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the Packers. Packers come back with. That is definitely, in the grander scheme of things, it is that victory is going to mean more. Because we expect the Packers and the Niners to be there at the end. So whether or not that's in the divisional round or wherever in January, we expect both of those teams to be there. But I don't I know. Would... I mean, I don't know if I really expect. I mean, I don't know if I expect the 49ers to be there, and I picked Green Bay to kind of suck ass this year. So I don't know <laughs> if I expect them to really be there. But I mean, you just we talk. We've been talking about this almost every week now, right? It's like you can't give top quarterbacks the ball back at the end of games you're leaving them too much time yeah and he had 37 seconds and that's all he needed that's all he needed to get and this wasn't like a 66 yard field goal like no they got into position they kicked a nice field goal and we're out of here and everybody can remember this was also the team the 49ers that passed up on Aaron Rodgers all those moons ago and took Alex Smith with the number one overall pick Rodgers winds up going in the 20s, I think 28 or 26 to the Packers. So, you know, he's still playing. Alex Smith is long gone. And uh, there's still some sore feelings there. No, definitely. Well, Aaron Rodgers has sore feelings for his Pop Warner coach. So you really can't go by him. He's like, he's a walking case study, man. Like, that's that's one Aaron Rodgers in a nutshell. One of, the, one of the things I was talking about with the league official this week was, you know, you, you have Aaron Rodgers' farewell tour. This is it. Devontae Adams is not, most likely not re-signing with the Packers. What are the chances that two of them go somewhere together? And then what team could do that? And there's two teams that come to mind. And you'd be surprised, but two teams that could make that signing are the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. They have the ability to do such a thing. So imagine if those two guys stay in the division and really give it to the Packers for the next two or three years. That would be extremely petty, and that's right up Aaron Aaron Rodgers' alley. Let's be real here. That seems like the ultimate dick move. Like, I'm going to stay in division, and I'm just going to fuck with you guys. It's why... But it's why... Ted Thompson traded Brett Favre to the Jets because it was Vikings or bust, right? 
Well, it was they traded him to the Jets, and there was a, a condition in that contract or in that deal where the Jets could not flip him to the Vikings. Yeah. He still managed to get to the Vikings. He, he got <laughs> he, he got, got there, there eventually. He did. So where there's a will, there's a way. But you know that would be the ultimate in pettiness. And it you know Aaron Rodgers is definitely that kind of guy. Just what you come to expect from a team like Aaron, uh, the Green Bay Packers with a quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we see this all the time. Like you said, we, you saw it with Mahomes. Lamar Jackson did it. Granted, it took a 66-yard field goal. It took Tucker setting a record for that. But if you give a quarterback, any caliber of quarterback, enough time, if they're competent, they will get their team in position that, to that, win. That's the key one: competence. Don't, competence. Don't don't go so far as to say any quarterback, and don't go so far as to say any offensive scheme. As we see from this weekend, the woes continue in Chicago. Man, I think it's finally time for Nagy to go. Don't you think so? One total yard. <laughs> one, one net yard. One net yard. Sacked nine times. Poor kid. I don't. You know, Trubisky is is laughing in Buffalo right now. He's like, I got this offense to this the playoffs. That's you right. guys can't even win games. Who I was who is, I was winning in spite that motherfucker. <laughs> right. Who was the Nickelodeon most valuable player? Me. That's right. I'm the one who got slimed. I got slimed. That that's me. But yeah, no, Justin Fields looked like ass, but you know, they any quarterback, Peyton Manning would look like ass. Tom Brady would look like ass. In that offensive scheme, behind that offensive line, there's just uh, there's nothing there right now, and you're blaming yeah, the wrong people. It has nothing to do. I don't think it has at, to do with. At the some point, the line. players do have to play. At some point, well, no, we to play. we we talked about this weeks ago, and I said the only thing I can think of of why he doesn't want to start Fields is that he doesn't know all the protections and he doesn't know how to protect himself, and that's exactly what it looked like this weekend. But I'm saying you got to design an offense that suits this kid. You traded up to pick him. When did you think he was going to play? You had to think he was going to play this year at some point. You didn't think Andrew Dalton was going to go through the whole year. And then you embarrass all four, all three guys by saying, oh, I don't know who's going to start this weekend. We're going to have to work it out this week in practice. Are you kidding me, dude? Dude, are you kidding me? Andrew Dalton's got a bum knee. Foles is a, a, a backup to a backup. And the kid you just drafted had one net yard. Dude. Dude. You got to figure it out, man. You should have. It's, it's a no brainer. It has to be Fields. If it's not Fields, then then just back up the truck and start moving. It's time to go. Like, think about it. Let's think about this, right? Zach Wilson is playing. Terrible, but he's playing. Trevor Lawrence is playing. Okay? Trey Lance is not playing, but when he does play, he looks pretty damn good. Mac Jones is playing. So you're going to say that. Oh, my starting quarterback's got a bum knee, and Nick Foles is a backup to a backup. But we're going to see how it goes this week and who's going to start this weekend. Get out of town, man. Get out of town. Nagy doesn't do anything to inspire. So it doesn't matter who is there because we saw it with, we've seen it over the years. Regardless of his record, 
that's why you know, records can be deceiving sometimes. That yes, he has a winning as a coach, but you look at you ask any Chicago Bears fan, they are not confident at all in this front office. First and foremost, the same front office that traded Khalil Mack, traded for Khalil Mack. So you know, it's one of those things that you know you're making these trades. Like, okay, are we winning now? Because it doesn't look like we're going to win. The defense is good. The defense is good. The defense is okay. The defense defense isn't great. But they don't. They don't got to pitch shutouts. They only gave up twenty points. Like that's fine. When your offense is as bad as it is, you gotta do more. Like you have to be two thousand level Ravens, you know. Like when the offense gets one net yard, and and Jadavion Clowney are meeting at the quarterback, you need to be damn near perfect. It's just, and that's the problem. That's the problem. It's just, what's the scheme, man? What's the, you go in five protection and you, you got a rookie quarterback back there? Like, what are you doing? Use the tight end. Can we pass the ball for more than nine yards? Like, what? What is the offensive game plan? Like, what's the scheme here? What you is got, Montgomery? What is David Montgomery's role? That's what I right, want to know. You got but, two. You got two running backs that are good. Like, Damian Williams is good too. He's yeah. good. And 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 uh. Robinson played very well the first game. So what are we doing? What are we doing? You, I mean, you're playing the Browns. They're not world beaters. Like, come on. Let's get it together. And if I'm telling you, I, we, we're going to do our pick segment later. But I'm picking against them. And it's gone. And he's gone. If he loses this weekend, he, he's there's done. No, there's no way they can bring him back. There's no way. If he plays the Lions this weekend and loses to the Lions... It's it's all over. It's all all over. Mitchell Trubisky's just gonna be laughing from a nice warm hotel room in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, he's probably doing that already after the fucking beatdown that the Bills put on the Washington Football Team. So yeah, yeah. No, the there's definitely the, the changes definitely need to be made in Chicago. It wasn't all the quarterback. R- 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 of all the hand wringing and getting fleeced in order to take Trubisky, taking taking that trade in order to move up to take him, you know, that's all in the past. But it's part parcel of the organization. So Ryan Pace, you have no faith in him. Matt Nagy, you have no faith in him. Like I don't, you can't have faith in anybody and. I, I don't know who you can bring in to replace Matt Nagy because this he was supposed to be an offensive guru, right? But at the same time, Chicago kind of knew getting into because he's coming off of Andy Reid's staff, and who calls the plays of Andy Reid? So it, it, you know you're not getting Andy Reid; you're getting it's like on McVay syndrome, like you're you're. Getting a guy that once got Sean McVay a sandwich, you're getting a guy that got, you know, that got Andy Reid a cup of chili. So, this is kind of what Chicago has signed up for, and this is they're going to have to live with it, and it's going to be a fucking disaster. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. 
From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. Speaking of balance and writing the ship, the Kansas City Chiefs are on a two-game losing streak. As crazy as that may sound, after losing to the Los Angeles Chargers 30-24, to what do they need to do in order to get back on track? Yeah, so unfortunately for the Chiefs, I think the Baltimore Ravens create a blueprint to how to, de- how to defend them. I think they'll right the ship by playing bad teams. They have the Eagles, Tennessee Titans, Washington football team in the next couple of weeks. I'm just not a fan of their offense right now. This backyard football, it's not going to work every Sunday. You know what I mean? It's like, we've talked about this before. The thing that makes this offense work is that they have a top 10 receiver, they got a top 10 tight end, and nobody can cover them for more than five seconds. So think about when you watch the Chiefs play. There's not a lot of like, Pat Mahomes dropping back, hitting his spot, and then letting go of the ball, right? He does it occasionally over the middle to Kelsey, but he doesn't throw that 15-yard out like Brady does, right? He doesn't throw that dart, like, up the seam like Brady does, right? It's a lot of, I I look at my first read, it's not there, I'm going to buy time. Oh, Tyreek Hill blew by everybody on the field, I'm going to throw it as far as I can, and he's going to run under and catch it. And that just is... That's just not going to work. I, I think some teams have really caught on to how to stop them. Well, the Tampa Bay Bucks definitely did in the Super Bowl. They, they were, I mean, that was, a, that was a master class in how to manipulate an offensive line in order to get what you want. So a good pass rush will definitely disrupt Patrick Mahomes all the time. If they can contain him so that he's not freelancing, it'll definitely benefit them in the long run and they'll you know they'll the Chiefs will continue on the skid but there are some things that you definitely can hang your hat on like Edward Tolaire had a good game so maybe you know maybe kind of bring everything back into balance to go back to the Eagles and Cowboys for a second what makes the what's making the Cowboys a little more dangerous than usual they're actively balanced so they're running but they're all they're running and passing. If the Chiefs incorporate Edward Tolaire more and kind of use use him a little bit strategically, because if you look at Mahomes' numbers, he threw 44 times for 260 yards. Not 17 carries for 100 yards. I mean, if Edward Tolaire can tamp down the, the fumbling problem, he definitely can be a weapon for them, but it's one of those things that it's it's just a little bad patch. The Chargers, 
they do have a, a decent secondary. You have Darwin James, you have Asante Samuel Jr., you have players on that side of the ball. But to your point, once they start feasting on bad teams again, they're going to start looking better. But they need more out of Tyreek Hill. Like Tyreek Hill, if he's going to be a superstar, right? And we're doing our alleged superstar of the week picks again. You got to give me more than five for 56. You, yeah. you got to give me more, whether that's, you know, designing jet sweeps or something of that nature. Maybe you just need to get a little bit more creative. Uh, you got to, you got to more. And right now the, the street ball doesn't work. The street ball, eventually people will catch up to it. So like that's, that's up. That's how about, on how Andy about, Reed, though. right. And how about the chiefs are one and two in the division. They're in last place and they're probably going to be in last place for a while. Cause Ch- Oakland's undefeated. Chargers are two and one. These guys look, Denver looks good. Denver's three and oh as well. Like, the AFC West looks good. It, the I mean, AFC granted, West does Den- look good. Den- Den- Denver hasn't really played anybody. They're getting their first taste of competition, I believe, this week. But, you know, the Raiders and the Chargers are playing each other. So you get into a situation where the Chargers win. Now both the Raiders and the Chargers are 3-1. and one. Or, 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 Yeah, well, they'll be... Yeah, they'll both be 3-1. and one. And then... If Denver wins, they're four and zero. Like <laughs> you're, True. I'm telling you, the Chiefs are going to be at the bottom of the heap for a bit. It could get, it could get late early for sure. But the one thing they have going for them is that they're playing the sorry ass Eagles this weekend. So, like, yeah. they're definitely they'll at least be at five hundred. So that's something that they can, you know, at least take some comfort and solace in. And also, while we're on while we're on the topic. Best wishes to Andy Reid. He was taken to the hospital with dehydration. Hopefully, coach is okay and he'll be uh, he'll be on the sidelines on Sunday. There's only one know- game. Yeah, there's only one game everybody's got circled on their calendar yeah. this weekend, and that's Brady's return to New England. Uh, both teams coming off of a loss. Uh, Brady lost to the Rams. New England uh, lost to the who they lose to. New England lost to the, uh, I don't know who they lost to, but they lost. (laughs) So what can we expect this weekend? We can expect a secondary in Tampa Bay right now. They had to go bring Richard Sherman off the scrap heap, off of the police blotter. So... It is something that can be exploited, but I don't know if the Pats have the kind of offense that will be able to exploit it the same way that Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams were able to. They were just throwing over top at me. So that's definitely something you need to look for in the upcoming matchup. There's probably going to be some exotic design that Bill Belichick will try and throw out of Tom Brady because Brady's seen everything at this point, but he hasn't seen everything that Bill Belichick has seen. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, he's going to break it out specifically for Brady because this is the first time he's ever had to face him. And I think you can expect... You know, Gronk to have a good game, and they're just gonna, it's gonna be like almost like a mirror image of each other. 
And I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Something to look look at from the New England standpoint, James White's out for the season. Like they just put him on IR. So how are they go how are they gonna change up their offense now that the pass catching running back out of the backfield isn't there anymore? I, I'm interested to see what Josh McDaniels schemes to make that happen. But it's definitely gonna be a close game. I don't see a blowout either way. And I, I think Matt Jones is gonna play better. I think it was an aberration last week when he when he threw three picks. So yeah, I think uh, uh, the Pats actually lost to the Saints last weekend. Sorry for forgetting that. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing the tribute video. I'm sure it's yeah. going to be very nice. Um, you know, Brady's coming off a loss. He's going to surpass Breeze this weekend in yards all time. Uh, this is I I disagree with you. I think this is going to be a beatdown, and I think what's going to happen is. You know, Bill is going to make Brady check everything down and force him to run. He doesn't want him lighting up the scoreboard with all those receivers. They're going to do their best at doing that in the first and second quarter. And then eventually, you know, you, you keep softening up, you keep softening up, and then you break through with like a Gronk, you know, something over the middle or something deep to Antonio Brown or something deep to Mike Evans. But... Um, yeah, I'm seeing like a 37 to 10, something like that. Uh, he's going to try to embarrass his old team. After you break up with a girlfriend and you have, and you run into her at the party or run into her at the club, you want to show her that you're doing good. (laughs) That's what he's going to do this weekend. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but Brady is on a roll right now. These guys the are off- cold-blooded, man. They're cold-blooded. I mean, he's he's out for blood, and he's already saying, he's like, I know exactly what it's going to feel like when I'm there. I'm already, I've tempered that emotion. I'm, I'm, I know what to expect. I know what's going out there. And there's so many rumors out there. There's a rumor going around where, you know, Brady wanted to say goodbye to Bill in person, and Bill just gave him a phone call. There's another rumor saying that Brady wanted out of there since 2017. He was just tired of playing for Bill because Bill was unwilling to change and unwilling to take his advice. You know, one of the things I said is once they said they didn't want to take Antonio Brown back, that's that was the last straw for Tom. And he's like, all right, I'm done with this because it was frustrating. I really, truly believe that if he had a Antonio Brown that last year there, they would have been really good. And if he was frustrated that, you know, the let you let something you took something personal and you wouldn't bring him back and, and we lost because of that. And I think I think he's really going to go for blood. He's really going to go for the juggler this weekend. He very well might. But at the same time, like, I don't put anything past Bill Belichick and Steve Belichick in terms of scheming and game planning. Nobody knows this quarterback better than these two guys. So... They can exploit his tendencies and they can definitely make it a rough day for him and force them to run the ball. I mean, Brady threw 55 passes on Sunday. Like, yeah, that's just way too out of balance. You, I mean, your, your best running back, your lead running back only had five carries. Like, no, like, you need to bring it. You need to have some semblance of balance in order to contend for a long period of time. And you thought that they you, they kind of figured that out in the Super Bowl 
when Playoff Lenny showed up and when Rojo showed up. But you know, it's the same old, it's the same old, same old from Bruce Arians. And like, I'm interested to see like, what the defensive chess match will be because Todd Bowles definitely needs to account for the fact that he doesn't really have a secondary right now. If they can get to that next level, it could, if Mac Jones can deliver the ball, it could be a long way. It could be a long game in the other direction. So I really see this as a defense. It's going to be a defensive minded game. Now, whether or not they can exploit these defenses is something altogether different. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air care technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Speaking of altogether different, the NBA seems to have a growing issue with the vaccine. Approximately 10% of its workforce, about 40 players, currently are not vaccinated. This poses a problem, especially now that cities like San Francisco and New York are mandating proof of vaccination in order to enter buildings, in order to, you know, do certain things around the city. And Andrew Wiggins sought a religious exemption, was denied. Kyrie Irving is open about how it's a personal choice, whether or not he gets the vaccine and that it is none of our business as fans and media does this fall on adam silver to make it a mandate a league mandate yeah i don't like the idea of vaccine mandates based on the information that's available um i think adhering to local vaccine mandates and not paying players that can't travel or can't play that's more that's fine by me uh players like kyrie irving won't be able to play in front of the home crowd, but he should be able to play in a couple of games on the road. I mean, players aren't playing all 82 games anymore anyway, so uh, I think that's the route it's going to go. Uh, I just I don't I don't think it's right to force people to get this vaccine, especially there's a, you know there's a lot of questions surrounding it, but then you have to you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that. So if that means you can't play in New York, you can't play in New York. If that means you can't play in California, you can't play in California. And I, I, I like that idea better. Hitting him in the wallet definitely makes the most sense because it's going to force them to act a little bit faster. The problem is, is that the NBA can't levy fines until November. So they're really not going to feel anything for that that uh, period of time. So that's definitely something that you need to keep an eye on. But it, it definitely is something that the Players Association needs to work on because your your job is to advocate for everybody, absolutely. But 
you're also shouldn't let 40 players speak for the majority of the league whose constituents did get vaccinated. So it's one of those things that you have to toe a very, you have to be very careful with how you do this. So I get where there, I get where, where the mandate would be kind of, would, would be something that would be a little standoffish and how people wouldn't necessarily want to go that route. But as a private entity, he, he well within his right. They are well within their rights to, to do that. But if in order to stay in the good graces of the Players Association come the next uh, collective bargaining agreement, they probably need to come up with something. The problem is, is that you have guys like Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving. They're only going to end up playing, what, 41 games a year? Because their, their home games coincide with these mandates in their areas. And I remember well, I said... Less, they're going to be playing less than that because there's other cities that don't allow it, right? It's like, you know, you, you get into well, your New yeah. York, California areas... They're not going to be playing against the Lakers. They're not going to be playing against the Warriors, the Kings, Clippers. They're not going to be able to play in any of those games either. Yeah, they can go over the West Coast. Like they absolutely could. So that's definite. That's going to be a, a real problem, and I, I don't know how teams are going to react to that. You know, like because of because of your because because of your decision, we have now lost you for almost two-thirds of the season. Not everybody's deep enough to withstand losing a player like that. Not everybody's going to be able to do... You know, not everybody's going to be able to lose a Wiggins and still be okay because you have Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and, you know, the embarrassment of riches is the Warriors. You can't... You know, other teams can't afford to lose a player the caliber of Kyrie Irving because they don't have a Kevin Durant. They don't have a James Harden. So... It's very interesting to see where these things will go, but I think hitting him in the wallet would be is a good start. And they, it's something you need to monitor. That if it still keeps going, it's something you may have to consider if you still have a large number unvaccinated. It, it's like the NHL. The NHL recently has rescinded invites to camp for unvaccinated players. And I find that very interesting too. So maybe that, I mean, I don't know how you would do something like that with a superstar player, but yeah, it's definitely something that Adam Silver needs to mo- to monitor and be in constant contact with the players union in order to see where, you know, what his recourse is. The recourse, the St. Louis Cardinals they have recharted their course into the playoffs, having clinched the second wild card spot. That game is locked in. They will play the Los Angeles Dodgers at Chavez Ravine or the San Francisco Giants, I believe, at, at AT&T next Wednesday. Most likely it's going to end up being the Dodgers. They've rattled off 17 wins in a row. They're going for 18 tonight against the Brewers. How much noise can they realistically make in the playoffs? I mean, they're sneaky good, right? I mean, with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Carpenter, they picked up Lester. Wainwright's still pitching down there. Uh, 
Yadier is still the catcher. They, I mean, they definitely have a chance. I just, I think they could beat the Dodgers. I, I don't think they could beat the Dodgers, but they certainly can compete with the Giants, the Brewers, and the Braves. They definitely have enough depth that they can make this happen. So, all right. So, as of right now, they still have, it's still open as to who, they, who they'll face. But if they're playing the Giants, there's a chance they can definitely be the Giants. The Dodgers, if they're throwing Scherzer out there, that one gives me a little bit of pause. Because Scherzer, right, he's on another level right now. As good as the Cardinals are playing, Max Scherzer is just a really, you know, point. The, the Cardinals have actually been pretty decent. You know, you're looking at a 233 batting average against a 1.3 whip, which is okay. A 398 ERA as a team, pretty decent. But the offense is what's really like kicking into high gear right now, particularly Nolan Aaron. That deal is proving to be worth it. That I remember the, at, at the beginning of the year, we were concerned, right? We had a little, it was a little bit of pause how he would perform outside of Colorado. Clearly, he's unaffected. Clearly, he's unaffected. Now, if you're Mike Schilt, let's put our manager hat on. Who are you starting in this game? Because you have Lester, you have Flaherty, you have Wainwright, you have, God, even Jay Hat. I know, but you have him. He's there. You have all these guys with playoff experience. Who are you throwing out there? You have to you have to throw Wayne right out there because he's the Cardinal, right? He's he's the Cardinal. Like he's been there for so long. It has to be that guy. I mean, I don't think they can go wrong with any of their choices minus Hap. Fuck that. Guy. <laughs> but I mean, let's Lester, ask the Yankees about I, that. I feel comfortable with Lester. He's a big game guy. I mean, he's not going to give up more than four runs, and that's what's really what you want. You want somebody that's going to keep you in the game. Uh, Flaherty's been up and down this year, mostly because of injury. But, I mean, he's their ace. So, I mean, that's a home run. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a guy where you go, uh, I don't know if we want to go with this guy. But I would think Wainwright's the guy. I mean, I, like you said, you can't really go wrong with anyone of any of them. You are most likely, you're either drawing Scherzer or Kershaw in that game. I, 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 yeah, it's probably it's most likely to be Scherzer. Depends on like how the the rotation shakes out. I think you're gonna get be- they're gonna want to save their their guns for the next round. But LA has so many that you could throw out Urias if you wanted to, and I wouldn't balk at that either. If I'm the Cardinals, it's toss up for me. It's between Wainwright and John Lester. I mean, John Lester has more than proven himself as a playoff pitcher. I mean, Red Sox curse, Cubs curse. But he's, uh, you know, he's, is, is, he, he's is proven. John is John Lester a Hall of Famer? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think he is. I, mean, I don't I think, think he is. From I think uh, he's, he's got some great hardware. Yeah, but I don't think he is. From a moment standpoint, yes. From a stat standpoint. Probably not. I, I, I wouldn't really, I, I wouldn't think of him in that in that vein. You know, he's solid. I wouldn't necessarily 
Okay, here we go. He has 200 career wins, a 3.65 ERA. And that's, eh, that's not great, but clutch as clutch can be. And, you know, he, he delivered World Series to teams that were legendarily inept. So uh, he's got a case. Maybe he'll end up being like he'll be voted in by the players more so than the than the uh, the media. But I don't know. I don't see it personally. Speaking of not seeing it, Shohei Otani. It is showtime. He's being shut down on the pitching side, so he's done for the year on the mound. He's still going to hit. When interviewed last week about his future with the Angels, he stated he wants to win. So, read between the lines there, is his time with the Angels drawing near? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think he, he, he doesn't want to be Mike Trout. Uh, Joe Madden seems to think the media is reading too much into his comments about like he wants to win. But I heard I heard Shohei was upset with the Angels for not making more moves at the deadline. And then you see a team like the Mariners that could possibly make the playoffs right now. And you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, I think the, the Angels need to get healthy. I mean, they were really bit by the injury with Trout and Rendon. I mean, I thought the we thought we both thought the Angels were going to be better this year. They should have been. And they need more pitching. Can't be just Shohei. And um, if they don't, if they don't fix the injury problem, they don't fix the pitching problem. They're going to lose Otani. But then it becomes an issue, right? Because he didn't want to play on the East Coast. He didn't want to play in a larger market. That's why he didn't end up. He chose the the angels right there were specific reasons and specific criteria that the angels fit that otani put out there like he didn't, he didn't want to go to philly he didn't want to come to the yankees like all the teams that you know would benefit from him and he would benefit from like he just kind of decided that that's not where he wanted to be and he chose the angels who have the last 500 season was 2015 Jeez. barely they were a 525 winning percentage so they barely snuck in over 500 and you know the last time they were of any consequence was 02 when they knocked giants so, you know, you made your bed, you got to lie with it, man. But I think if you want to win, you can't the Angels. They Artie Marino has deep pockets, yes. But clearly he has deep pockets. It, it's not, it has not built championships, right? He brought in Pujols, nothing. Brought in Josh Hamilton, nothing. He brought in Anthony Rendon. Nothing. Justin Upton. Nothing. So, I if you also if you guys are paying attention at home, those are all on the offensive side of the board. They've done jack shit for the pitching. So, this team is completely flawed. Perry Manassian has a lot of work to do, and 
they may they may benefit from you know possibly considering moving a Rendon or po- even seeing what they can get for Trout. Just now, I'm not saying make it active, but just kind of listen if somebody calls. So you know that that team is. The team has needed a rebuild for years, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Shohei Otani left. Not at all. What's going to make things interesting, though, is if the becomes universal. So, how does that play? How does that allow National League teams to come in here and kind of manipulate how they can play? So, it's definitely worth noting. Definitely worth monitoring, but. It does. It feels like the time is drawing near for Shohei Otani. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events: birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events store openings or just because Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art creating decorative installations for your special occasions no event is too big or too small and their custom personalization service is top notch Westchester Popstars is a private studio quickly expanding in-person consultation is by appointment only send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment no need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester pop stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to get in on the action? Want to be part of the in crowd? Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at Podcast on IG. Joining us on the in route this week is middle school teacher, youth soccer coach, volunteer commissioner of Ossining AYSO, and Giants and NYCFC superfan, Rita Sanchez. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Okay, I'm going to start you off with some easy stuff uh, regarding NYCFC, who recently completed the Hudson River Derby against the uh, mediocre Red Bulls, drawing 1-1 in the first match and losing 1-0 in the second match. Uh, what kind of NYCFC, uh, what, what does NYCFC need to do to be more consistent this year as they get ready for the playoff run? Um, so right now they are torturing me at this moment. Um, it's halftime and it's zero zero, and they need to score. They're they're not. They've scored eleven goals this month. Like they are not getting the ball into the attacking third of the field. They're not. Their midfield is just not pushing. Um, and we seem to be wrapping up our yellow cards and our red cards, so we're <laughs> shorthanded all the time. Despite, like, not being injured, like, usually teams are shorthanded when they're injured. No, we're just 
having unnecessary fouls and getting ourselves into trouble. I heard about that. Uh, Tati Castellanos is out, and so is uh, James Sands for this match. And we miss them. They are sorely missed. Um, they have like they have a very young team, so they have some new guys in, but they don't have any experience. So I'm watching them like they're shooting, and it's kind of like my 14U kids. Like they're shooting, and then they're watching, and they're not really following up. So um, they just. I don't know. They need like some fire under them. I'm not. They looked a little flat. I, I, I was at the last derby match and they were just kind of ho-hum. They were not satisfied with their performance. And now I'm looking at them and they look a little hungover to me. Yeah. Red card suspensions. And also, I guess they came into August and September pretty sputtering, winning only three of the 11 games. Uh, sounds like the coach really needs to, you know, get his team going and understanding teams like the Red Bulls, they just have to beat. The Red Bulls did not look good. The Red Bulls did not look good at all. They had a little help from the officials in the first game (laughs) um, with the eight minutes of injury time that was given and the two red cards that were given. And that has happened like the last three years in the Derby. There's been some very questionable officiating and that's not me having sour grapes. Like, they, I don't know what it is. Maybe they're from Jersey. I don't know. I don't want to start anything. But I watched last week, you know, injury time is usually three minutes, maybe five minutes. If somebody gets injured, eight minutes. So in the 97th minute of the game, Cheneau gets a handball in the box, penalty shot, tie game. Like, they should have won. The game was basically won. And, um... Yeah, the Red Bulls are like in eleventh place or something. <laughs> yeah, another. And, uh, uh, yeah, the New York Giants said so. Had a similar fate over the weekend. They were supposed to win their game against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that was dead last in pretty much every category. We know you're a Giants super fan. What are your thoughts on their season so far? And gee, how could they write that ship? <laughs> so I should mention that I'm also a Jets fan. I like I'm both. sorry to hear that. From my grandparents. Thank you. Thank you. It's, there's like nothing but pain right now. Um, I feel like I'm watching the same game over and over. Like I feel like I DVR'd last week and I'm just re-watching it because I see nothing new happening. I see nothing creative happening. I don't know why Saquon is back because they're not utilizing him in any meaningful way like they should let him heal all the way and then maybe do something besides send him up the middle I I don't know again I could in fact be watching the same game over and over there nothing there's no growth there so um yeah that's there's nothing that hasn't been said but I I don't see the ship being righted at any point this season. No, the offensive uh, play calling has been lackluster to say the least. And losing Blake Martinez is definitely going to hurt as well on a non-contact injury. He's blew out his ACL. He's done for the year. So that's definitely going to affect the definitely going to affect the defense, especially again, in a tough matchup against the Saints this weekend. But to your point, it, it definitely doesn't look good. But uh, turning from the pro to the kiddos, 
tell us a little bit about your organization. Tell us about the AYSO. So we are a volunteer-run youth soccer organization. Um, we are going to be having our 45th anniversary soon. Um, we have programs for kids ages 4 through 18. So as soon as you're 4, you can play, and you can play like through high school. Um, we have like clinic-style training for the little ones, and then we have 8U, 10U, 12U, 14U, and 18U. Um, I coach 14U. I've been coaching my son for about six years. And um, there's kind of like, it's like recreation soccer, but we have kind of our six main rules um, that kind of guide the organization. Um, And it's basically just all about including everyone and being fair and positivity and um, really helping the kids develop as players and as people. So I became the commissioner about like in the middle of the pandemic. And it has been quite a wild ride. Uh, I'm sure, especially, you know, during as you're and you're trying to make sure that health and safety protocols are in, in place and just trying to get parents and kids comfortable to send their children to you. You know, that it definitely has to be, you know a challenge in and of itself but uh, from what i understand there's only a handful of female league commissioners so uh in that role what are some of the challenges that you face in that role so as a commissioner like i i because i meet all the time with the other commissioners and it's a great group of guys a couple ladies coming in um, and there's like a lot of collaboration and like mutual respect because we all want this to work in our towns. So that's been um, that's been pretty great. Um, I am kind of like the mom to everyone, to the players, to the coaches, to the parents. Like I definitely do a lot of handholding and caretaking, which as a teacher, like that's kind of my thing. Um, so that's just a lot. It's kind of. Um, constant hand-holding. I think as a female, it's a little bit more challenging with the coaching aspect because I do coach boys. I have sons. I coach boys. And um, that's, even though it's 2021, it's a little bit hard for some people to get used to sometimes um, as, I don't know. I mean, I'm a tomboy. Like, I don't really see a difference. But um, I coach with another mom, we're Thelma and Louise, like we've been coaching together for years and, um, but we're like some of the only ones, like when I go to the other games, the other coaches are always men. So I just have to kind of be twice as loud, literally and figuratively, <laughs> which is not really a problem for me, especially with the masks, like my projection is pretty loud. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's pretty much how it goes. I just have to be very um, persistent with everything which oh, definitely definitely and uh so we'll get you out here on this one here rita as a league administrator but also a parent like you've said you're, you're also a parent you have two boys uh what advice can you give to parents that want to get their children involved in youth sports particularly youth soccer so putting on my teacher hat as well as always um i would tell people just to be patient let their kids grow trust your coach 
and trust your kid. Like we all got thrown for a loop the last year and a half. Um, Our kids were with us every second of the day and now we're letting them out into the world and they are hungry. Like they are wanting to be with their friends, wanting to try new things and we have to let them fail, succeed, whatever. But um, because there's so many skills, like not every kid is going to be like Christian Polisic. So there's other things they can learn from playing sports and being on a team and um, compromising and uh, working with the other kids, learning to win, learning to lose. So I think like people just have to remember that it's not just about the on-field competition. It's also like the life lessons that are kind of embedded in all of this and just not to lose sight of that. And if someone wanted to volunteer, uh, you know, where, where could, where can they go? What, do you have a website you could plug or maybe we can even put something up on our Instagram for you? So, um, our website is AYSO201.org. Um, and our, the best way to reach us, me, is um, AYSO at gmail.com. I check it constantly and I'm happy to correspond. Like I've met a lot of really great people just starting through email. And um, so yeah, if anyone wanted to sign up or volunteer, we have volunteer coaches, volunteer referees, volunteer administrators. So basically anything that you are able to do, we would love to have you. Excellent. Excellent. And we loved having you on the show with us, Rita. Thank you so much for joining us. The newest member of the in crowd, boys and girls, Miss Rita Chez, Austin AYSO. If you're in the area and you want to sign up or if you want to volunteer, there's nobody better in the game. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Rita. And we will definitely be back in touch soon. We're going to talk more football, we're going to talk more soccer, and just Thank you all the way around. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Have a great night. Thanks. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, it is week three of the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. We have given away two Alleged Superstar statues, two asses. Week one, the ass was Aaron Rodgers. And week two, as voted by you guys, it was Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons. So, we have a few suggestions and we're going to put them up on our Twitter poll at DNZ. Give it a vote and let us know who the alleged superstar of the week is. My nominees. As a unit, the Washington football team defense for letting Josh Allen put a whooping on you. Particularly Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I'm looking at you guys. A combined six tackles, no sacks, no pressures. You got to do better. You got to do better. 
Carson Wentz, need I say more? Carson Wentz. 19 to 37, 194 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, a whole lot of meh, a whole lot of dreck. Ryan Tannehill, 197, three touchdowns, two picks, eh, 18 to 27. Again, same game, mind you. Same game. It's just, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. It's the same game. You guys can read into it what you will. Juju Smith shoots. Mr. Corvette Corvette himself. I wasn't going to do it because he got hurt, but at the same time, he is one of the most overrated players in the league. Three receptions for 25 yards in a loss to the Bengals. And last but not least, Mr. Deuce Dropper himself, Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. Who you got? Uh, Who's on that list? I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm... I'm going to go away from football for a minute. For a minute, My alleged superstar of the week is Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers. who <laughs> punched a wall and broke his hand after his team clinched a playoff berth. Williams is one of their best relievers, sporting a 2.50 ERA with 87 strikeouts in 54 innings, but he will be lost for the postseason. He just celebrated way too much. Way too much. Gen- genius. That's a genius. My other, my other legend superstar of the week is Justin Fields, who had one net yard of <laughs> passing in Matt Nagy's highly constructed offense. Uh, and then my last one is Jamie Collins, who requested a trade from the 0-3 Lions, and nobody wanted his talents. And he hit the waiver wire today, and he cleared waivers. So Mr. Collins is unemployed right now. And that is my alleged superstars of the week. Twitter poll opens tonight, boys and girls. Let us know. Vote early, and we will award that ass for this week. Do better. Do better. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, guys and girls, it is the option for week four. How'd you do last week? I actually did pretty good. I went 11 and 5. That wasn't bad at all. And I almost had the Jaguars game, and then they kind of blew it at the end. But they were looking good in the beginning. Yeah, it was it was a solid week. I went eleven and five too. But I even had the Chargers over the Chiefs, baby. You did. You you did have the Chargers over the Chiefs. You you de- you you called that one for sure. All right, Thursday night. Thursday oh, Thursday night. night. Jaguars. Thursday. That's oh. all you can say, right? <laughs> Jaguars at Bengals. I was tempted to pick the Jags, but I just Joe Burrow looks really good right now. I'm actually going to start him in fantasy this week. So I'm taking Joe Burrow. And my fantasy baseball team won the championship, my first fantasy baseball championship. And by far, fantasy baseball is the hardest fantasy sport to play. And I somehow won as a six seed. Woo! Just, just want to throw that in there. Nice. Congratulations, sir. Um, yeah, the Jaguars are absolute crap. Uh, they did. They traded C.J. Henderson. Your boy, Dan Arnold. 
So we'll see if that plays anything at all. Um, but most likely it won't. Jamar Chase, he's not having problems catching the pro football. So I'm yeah, taking the that's Bengals. Surprising. That's surprising. <laughs> I, I stayed away from him in fantasy drafts because of that. And he's catching everything. I think he has like more touchdowns to start a career in, in, in Bengals history. Something like crazy like that. It's like, what? Yeah, it is. Oh, he went from dropping everything to now he can't be stopped. He's the, but he's the guy. He's the he, guy. Yeah. I still think they should have drafted a lineman, but you know what? He's playing balls out right now. So good for him. Bengals are going to take this one easy. We're into Sunday at 1 p.m. Titans at Jets. Titans <laughs> against COVID. I'm taking the <laughs> Titans. Yeah. I, I was tempted to take the Jets here too. And the Titans are going to be without uh, A.J. Brown and most likely without Julio Jones. But I don't know any Jet defender that can tackle Derrick Henry. So I'm going to go with the Titans. Does C.J. Mosley make it a half of tackling Derrick Henry before he quits like that Ohio State player? Ooh. I have Titans. no faith in their team. Their team, no. their team looks so bad that maybe Adam Gase should come back. That's how no. bad they they haven't scored a touchdown. I think in like six quarters. Like I don't. Oh man, Mike Laf- Matt Lafleur's little brother does not know how to run a pro offense at all. Like no veteran, no veteran quarterback in camp. Like got nothing. They got nothing. I'm just curious. If they don't score against the Titans, if the Titans have the worst defense in the league, I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to score. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. They can't get a consistent running game going. Zach Wilson is running for his life. And even when he's not running for his life, he's throwing picks. So Mike White, James Morgan, it doesn't matter who's under center for this team. It's just it, – it's not – <laughs> they're done, man. I don't know if they're 0-17 bad, but they're definitely... This week ain't their week. Let's put it that way. Chiefs at Eagles. Chiefs at the Eagles. Uh, you know, the Eagles looked pretty... They looked pretty bad this past week. Uh, if they looked a little bit better, you know, I could have went with them, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. This is a get-right game. It's a total get-right game for the Chiefs. and High scoring. I think it'll be high scoring. Yeah. No, I mean, neither team has any defense to speak of. So, I'm going to go Chiefs by two touchdowns. Panthers at Cowboys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think uh, the Panthers come down to earth this week, especially without Christian McCaffrey. This is tough. It's actually, it, it for me, yeah. it's a little bit. It's it's a tougher matchup than you would think. Yeah, they got um, they got they got a top five defense. The Panthers. They absolutely do, and like Diggs for the Cowboys, he has what five picks already. So Sam Darnold, beware! Like keep an eye out for Mister Diggs in the secondary for the Cowboys. But it's definitely going to be closer than people think. I'm going to take the Cowboys though because I think they're going to control with the run game because the two-headed beast 
it plays. Giants. Next. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, I, God. I, I mean, you'd think they'd have a chance. The problem is is that I, I would have gone with the Giants if the Giants were at home, but they're playing against the Saints, and this is the Saints' home opener. And the Saints' defense, I think, is the number one defense in the league. So, yeah, no. no. Saints. Does Jason Garrett survive this week? I, don't, I mean, he survived last week, so I don't see how he doesn't survive this week. Uh, Loss of the uh, Falcons. The Falcons who had the worst defense in the league, so... I mean, you're going. You went from going against the worst defense in the league to now playing the best defense in the league. How do you think it's going to roll out? Prediction is pain. Prediction pain. The only thing you can hope is that Jameis Winston, the bad Jameis, shows up because the Giants' secondary is one of the few bright spots that this team actually has. <laughs> Browns at Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to surprise you. I'm actually going to take the Vikings here. Really? Yeah, Vikings are good. Huh. They're good. I'm going to go with the Browns. I don't know if Dalvin Cook is playing this week. That definitely is going to give me some pause. I know he didn't play last week and Madison had a good game. But the two running backs are better than the one. So I'm going to take the Browns for this one. Lions at Baird. I, I think I know where we're both going with this one. I'm taking the Lions, man. This is it. This is it. It's over. This is it. It's over, Johnny. It's over. This is it, Matt. Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. Detroit fans, don't say we ever gave we never gave you anything. Both of us are taking the Lions this week against the sorry ass Bears, and maybe just maybe Fields will have maybe maybe Texans at Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Same. The Texans, they I mean they're gonna try hard, but Bills are just better. This one's an interesting one. Colts at Dolphins. Two disappointing Colts, teams. Yeah, the Colts gotta get a W here, so I'm taking the Colts. They gotta get off the Schneid. I'm not really I'm not really digging the Jacoby Brissett offense at all. Will Fuller's likely out. Um Mile Gas not look good. Yeah, so I'm sticking with the uh, Colts and your boy, Carson Wentz. I'm saying the Colts go 0-4. I'm going to take the Dolphins on this one. The, uh, you know, that home field advantage plays, man. You got to go to South Beach. Jacoby Brissett, revenge game. Washington Football Club at Falcons. I'm going to take the Washington football club. There's no reason that there's no reason to take the Falcons, even after last week's win. Like the, the the Giants gave them that game back. So the Washington football team is going to get right. Heineke's been surprisingly good as at quarterback. So roll with it. We're into the four o'clock slate. Seahawks at Niners. Uh, I'm really not digging the Seahawks this year. I think they look pretty bad, so I'm taking the 49ers. I'm with you. This, the defense looks terrible for Seattle, and you know, as good as Russell Wilson has looked offensively, and Metcalf and Lockett, you got to be able to stop somebody. 
and I don't think they're going to be able to stop the Niners. Niners by Niners by ten. Somebody's always got to go. Cardinals at Rams. I'm gonna take the Cardinals. Wow, that that one's surprising. It definitely, especially after the performance of the Bucks. I'm gonna roll with the Rams on this one. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a shootout. I definitely think that they'll, you know, this is gonna be the game of the weekend. Steelers at Packers. Yeah, Steelers look bad. Ben looks bad. Packers. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, ben looks shot. No Juju. No TJ Watt. So on, so forth down the list. It's not their year. And you know what's bad when you have a member of the Bengals calling out the Steelers for quitting. Crazy. <laughs> Ravens at Broncos. Ravens at Broncos. Where I got this I'm taking the Broncos. This is going to be an interesting game. You have two, I mean... Two decent offenses. Teddy Bridgewater is a lot better of a quarterback than Lamar Jackson. But yeah, I said it. Deal with it, folks. That yeah, Teddy's a game manager. He manages them to victory. Take it for what it is. Um, as far as this is tough, it definitely is. I could see either team winning. I'm gonna go with the Ravens because it is the stiffest competition the Broncos will face. And I can also see Justin Tucker breaking his own record because they will be at altitude. <laughs> Sunday night special. The game we've all been looking forward to. Bucks at Pats. Bucks. As much as I would like to disagree, I can't. But Bucks are going to win. It's going to be close. I, I think it's going to be close. You think it's going to be a blowout. But either way, I think the Bucks are going to take this one home. And your AFC West matchup on Monday night under the lights. The 3-0 Raiders at the Chargers. The Chargers. Taking the Chargers. Justin Herbert. Yeah, buddy. I, I learned my lesson. I, I'm, not take, I'm not going against the Chargers. As much as I would like to pick the Raiders, I, I'm not sold. I'm just not sold. I'm going to take the charges on this one. All right. This has been the Fade Route with D&Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.